0: Okay, hello everyone, and welcome to the Actus Podcast, talking CDI. The Actus Podcast is a bi weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. Today's featured Actus solution is no surprise the 2021 Actus National Conference. After a year in which we had to cancel our 2020 event and postpone this year's event till October from our usual May cadence, We're stepping forward in Dallas to make ourselves and the CDI profession stronger than ever. We do hope you can join us next week, October 25th through 28th, the beautiful Sheridan Hotel. We're gonna have four dedicated tracks of education, clinical coding concerns, regulatory changes, outpatient CDI, much more. Um, In fact, one of our speakers, at the conference is going to be joining us today who we'll introduce in just a moment but there is still time to register if you do want to make the trip to dallas please do if not we are going to be offering some additional sessions that will not appear at the conference in a in a november program more to come on that All right, so my name is Brian Murphy, director of ACTIS, the Association of Clinical Documentation Integrity Specialists, and I'm your host for today's program. Uh, The ACTIS Conference returns. I'm calling this one kickstart my heart. Uh, I'll leave it for our listeners to, to uh, see if they can come up with that, that little um, reference there. But I'm, it ties into today's topic, and I'll get to that in a moment. I am joined today by my familiar co host, Don Valdez. Don is a clinical documentation integrity education specialist for us here at Actus. She has a, a background with more than 25 years um, in nursing, CDI manager, CDI educator, and we're pleased to have her back on the show. So, welcome, Don.
1: Thanks, Brian. It's great to be here.
0: All right. Next, I'd like to introduce our special guest. He's been with us before. It's been a little bit, but I'm very pleased to have with us today uh, Tim Brundage. Tim is the Chief Executive Officer and Physician Advisor of Brundage Group. He's a past board member of Actus and is currently a co-chair of the CDI committee for the ACPA, or American College of Physician Advisors. By way of background, Dr. Brundage travels the country educating physicians with a focus on breaking down departmental silos in hospital organizations by unifying CDI across quality utilization denials. Uh, he's passionate about increasing the value of the physician advisor role within hospital organizations. You've probably seen him at our prior conferences. He's been at many. He'll be at, the, at our conference next week, our state chapter meetings. He's spoken at AHIMA, ACMA, ACPA, all over the place. Um, Tim also was recently selected by the Tampa Bay Business Journal as a Healthcare Heroes Award winner in the Healthcare Educator category, and I'm pleased to have him back on the show. So welcome, Tim. Thank you, Brian. It's
2: a pleasure to be here.
0: All right. Well, we're going to start with a poll question, as we always do, related to today's topic. I'm going to go ahead and launch that on your screen. You should be seeing that now. Um, the question reads: How closely does your organization monitor its external quality ratings? We know there are many. Some examples could be Health Grades, Leapfrog, U.S. News & World Report, etc. Um, and your options are: We monitor them very closely, meaning it's a principal emphasis of your work. Uh, fairly closely, maybe second to financial or other metrics. Minimally meaning they occasionally come up, not sure, or other. Again, we're asking you today, how closely does your organization monitor its external quality ratings? Very closely, fairly closely, minimally, not sure. We know that not all folks are involved with quality within CDI or other. All right, we've got about two thirds of our audience that have voted, so we're gonna go ahead Close this out, and we will come back to the results in just a few minutes. All right. Well, as I mentioned, uh, Dr. Tim Brundage, a special guest today. Tim, welcome to, the, welcome to today's show. You know, this is a preview of an hour session that will be – actually, Tim, I think you'll be co-presenting next week with, uh, with a colleague. Um, yes. Next week in Dallas. It's called Quality Tracking for Myocardial Infarction had a chance to look at your material you'll be presenting. It's very detailed, a lot more than we can cover today, Um, but this will be a a nice preview of that session to come. We're also gonna work in a recent question related, sort of related to your presentation, Tim, that was submitted by an Actus podcast listener. So I thought we could just get started with some basics on MI as they relate to hospital quality you know, maybe Tim, you could talk about what are some of the value-based purchasing methodologies and registries that are impacted by uh, MI diagnoses, you know, specifically for where CDI can can make a potential impact here.
2: Absolutely, Ryan. Well, thank you very much. Um, I'm looking forward to sharing next week at PAPDIS, and it's been a long time since we've been able to get together, and so it'll be very nice to get together and see people in Dallas next week. Um, I think lots of discussion, of course, is around the value-based purchasing metrics, both for mortality and also readmission. And so that's what we'll discuss next week. And really we need to distinguish between the NSTEMI and the STEMI or so-called type 1 MI and the type 2 MI. And so I think that the CDIS community across the country is working on that. And there's definitely a discussion, active discussion about it. Um, And so I think we just need to understand that the readmission and mortality metrics track and semi and semi or so-called type one MI and the type two MI is excluded from that cohort. So that's a real important distinction to make. It's something we want our, certainly our hospitalists, our ER physicians, our critical care doctors to understand. Of course, our cardiologists are probably working mostly with type one, although if they have a heart cath and then they determine that coronary artery disease soft black rupture is not the um, clinical reason for the myocardial infarction, then of course they may change their diagnosis to a type 2 MI. And that's something that's really important uh, for NCDR tracking, which is your cath lab judgment by the American College of Cardiology, and also your readmission and mortality statistics for Medicare. So those are just kind of a, a high level overview of the discussion. And um, definitely want your physicians tuned in on that. Everybody who's documenting in the record needs to understand the nuances of the types of myocardial infarction so that we can track our quality metrics effectively and correctly.
0: Great. Thank you for that wonderful intro
1: yeah that that was a a really good way to start this out because there's a lot of different ways that providers are documenting across the country and that kind of segues into what i wanted to talk about which are what are some of those key concepts for mi's both clinically and the documentation issues i've seen you know physicians document both and when queried, their answer is they have both. And, you know, obviously quality metrics are going to be affected by type one, not type two. That's just one example. But what what should CDI specialists be aware of with, you know, as far as the greater specificity so that they can help get these patients into the correct classifications?
2: Well, absolutely. And that's the, the nuances of that question, Dawn, are really, at, you know, the crux of the issue. And. Um, it's interesting because there now is a new code for myocardial injury, I 5A. And so that code will be utilized, hopefully, by our teams based on the documentation that our physicians um, offer in the medical record. It will be a, uh, a CC, an MSDRD system, so it will impact. And um, I do think that that. Myocardial injury is the first step of the evaluation. Does the patient have an abnormal troponin, yes or no? If the answer is yes, then that's myocardial injury. It's either chronic or acute at that perspective. So we need to know, is there a rise or fall of troponin? Um, And that'll answer that question. Is there a rise of 20% over time or a fall of 20% over time or not? If there is not and it's a stable chronic troponin, we'll still use that myocardial injury code, the I5A code. If there is a rise or fall of troponin, then we need to determine, is that from ischemic etiology or not? And so that's our next kind of pathway segment. Is there ischemic etiology? And that would be a myocardial infarction. Then we need to type it, type one, type two, type three, type four, ABC or type five or not and if it's not an ischemic ideology that might be something as as simple as myocarditis and so we'll be able to use that myocardial injury code for the myocarditis we'll be able to code that together but we will not do that if it is a myocardial infarction because there is an excludes one note where we will not use the myocardial injury code with the myocardial infarction code and so those will be things that we'll go through um, and I explained to Brian that our slides, of course were submitted to Actus prior to this code. So we'll have some education about this, and we'll talk through this. Um, is so hot off the presses, that's, that's what you're going to get at Actus. If you come to Actus, is material like this that's so hot off the presses that we'll talk about it and we'll give some handouts, but it, it's so new, it won't even make our slide deck. So it's good to talk about in the podcast because it's it's something that all of our CDI team needs to be tuned to is, what are we looking for in the record once we have an abnormal troponin? How are we gonna specify and diagnose related to the clinical indicators?
1: I love the decision tree uh, format that you just laid that out. I think that's gonna help a lot of people. So thank you for that.
2: Absolutely. All so right. that comes straight from the fourth universal mm-hmm. definition yeah. of QDMI. And so that publication has that flow chart in it. So certainly anybody who has Google can find that paper. Please just go ahead and look at that. I think it's figure six in the paper, and it really is a nice decision tree to help us determine what we are going to diagnose based on what the yep. uh, physician sees in the record. Thank Great. you. Yeah,
0: thanks, Tim. We'll make sure we link to that decision tree if we can in the in the show notes. Um, Maybe you could just talk a little bit about what, what best practices, any best practices you can share for, for quality metrics op, uh, uh, optimization. Specifically, any, any organizational strategies or resources you'd recommend? Again, we, we, we know that when you're trying to look at quality metrics, it obviously crosses over with your quality department, maybe your case management department, you get into readmission. So any anything that you can talk about here with our audience? Can you ask me
2: that question one more time, Brian?
0: Oh yeah Tim I'm um, just wondering about best practices any best practice you could share for quality metrics optimization you know any organizational strategies or resources that you would recommend
2: Well I think what you're going to have to do is you're just going to have to track and trend based on which quality system you want to optimize it. And I, because there are several Viient premier um, CMS, it depends on which uh, uh, organization you're trying to look at with your doctor. So I would sit down with your cardiac team and I would determine, well what are the goals? We want to look good to the community. so what does that mean look good to the community? So then you have to sit down and say, okay well, as the cardiovascular team for our community and our hospital, What's the what's the goal? Are we going to support the U.S. News and World Report metrics? Are we going to try to showcase that so we can share with the public that we're one of the top of that organization? Are we going to track Leapfrog? Are we going to track Visient? Are we going to track Premier? Are we going to simply—and I mean simply—with a, a grain of salt, of course—look at the Medicare quality metrics and those Medicare quality metrics look back about two years? So if that's what you're going to do. Understand that all quality efforts today won't move the medicare needle for about two years and so you've got to have some issues the good news is that if you improve these commercial programs you'll also improve your cms metrics hopefully and so that will be a nice win-win and so that's what i would do is i would say the best practice perspective. get in with your cardiology team determine what your goals are
1: using the data that's available,
2: either Medicare or private, uh, data, and then work through the team about what are the goals for that data. How do you want to go over to the community? Where can you fund the opportunities Is it from the hospital service? Are they from the cardiac service from the CAF report? Is it a combination? Are we communicating effectively between our and do you have a physician advisor who's kind of a liaison between those entities? And, of course, your CDIS team will be in the mix of all of that because they're going to be working on making sure that the documentation translates effectively to the quality indicators, of course, for the coded record. Hmm.
0: Thanks, Tim. You know, we're having a little little sound in and out issue with you. We, we, we can hear you. You're just... Um breaking up a little, maybe you could lean into the computer. Uh, We had a great connection before the call, Um, but I appreciate that. There's some good, great strategies there that you share.
1: So Brian had mentioned that we had a podcast listener that had sent in a question about MIs, and I'd like to segue that in here, if you don't mind. And the question reads, can you talk about, and you're going to love this one, demand ischemia versus type 2 MI? Specifically, though, they were looking at sepsis and covid Um, And then the questioner went on to say that they're very aware of the five types of MI, but they really wanted to focus on that demand ischemia portion. And then as a segue to end that, how do we as CDI specialists tell the difference between demand ischemia and STEMI type two, so they know what clinical indicators to include on that query?
2: Yes, absolutely, Bill. thank you for the question. Um, I think that with the myocardial injury code, coming out and the way that the fourth universal definition QtMI um, shares what myocardial injury is. I think that what's going to happen is, is that, that our demand ischemia code is really going to be a code that we're going to use less and less, and I apologize, and in fact, I talked with Trey LaCharte about this this past week, Brian. I think we're gonna struggle with demand ischemia because I think those of us in CDI have been educating our doctors about demand ischemia, certainly up to about 2018. And now we're gonna say, doc, the education we did on demand ischemia, we're gonna unfortunately change that a little bit based on the new codes and the 2018 publication. If you have a rise or fall of troponin 20% over time due to demand ischemia, that's the definition of a type two MI. So I think what's going to happen is lots of our demand ischemia is going to support a type two MI, and that's what we our CDIS team needs to be focused on. If the patient has a rise or fall of by twenty percent over time, and the doctor diagnoses demand ischemia, then he or she needs some education and some feedback. Remember, we might query them today, but we wanna educate them so that they don't make the the same mistake in the future. My opinion is that a query is a business tool, but education will help us to query less in the future. And that's what Dawn and I actually talked about at the beginning of this uh, discussion, is that if we're working with our doctors, we should be able to help them to understand how to document effectively to actually have fewer queries in the future And I think this will be one of those examples. I think we'll have to go back and we'll have to have a little bit of a sheepish grin on our face when we talk about the fact that demand ischemia probably isn't going to be something we're going to use as frequently anymore because of the type 2 MI code and the myocardial injury code. Um, And I think we're going to, we're going to use those codes to really accurately portray the clinical record based on the clinical evidence-based literature. And so that'll be something that we'll, I'm excited to share, I'm excited to have the docs have the conversation. Um, I I hope we don't lose them because we have been asking them about demand ischemia for several years. But now with the way the clarification has come across with the uh, publications, I think we're gonna move away from that code, uh, which I think is a reasonable thing based on the literature. I just hope it doesn't frustrate our doctors.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I think there's a lot of controversy still out there over that term and how different people approach that. I'm talking about the physician community, the provider community. I don't think that it's going to be a bad thing. I think a lot of people are going to celebrate um, after the work is done (laughs) because there's been so much controversy on that. So thank you so much for adding that clarity um, with that, and the decision tree is going to be really good for CDI specialists to really take a look at that again if you haven't done so.
0: Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. You know, just to wrap up here, Tim, really appreciate the discussion. Um, in general, you've, it, gosh, you've, you've been a regular presenter at Actus over the years many times. Um, we're going to be having a smaller crowd this year, you know, due to the impact of the pandemic. We've seen organizations with travel bans, uh, budget impacts, but I have to say, there is still a lot of excitement in the air around actus. There always is it's a great crowd it's we compare it here to a family reunion. We have a number of folks coming out we're expecting about seven hundred or so, maybe seven hundred and fifty or so total coming you know smaller crowd than usual, but the passion will be there. Tim, just from your experiences over the years. Anything that you're looking forward to, any memorable past experiences from past cities that you can or maybe can't share on air? Um, Really, what's just, in (laughs) in general, what are you looking forward to in Dallas this year? (laughs) Well, I'll
2: I'll keep it PG, Brian. Thank you for the uh, (laughs) lead-in. I do think that the Actus Conference is a special opportunity for us to share as documentation leaders what it is to provide clarity, hopefully, to our physicians and our APPs across the country who are actually doing the documentation. So I love the actus conference. I've been involved in every ACTIS conference except for the first one. I was at ACTIS conference number two, and the only other one I've missed, of course, was due to the pandemic. So to get back in person, it's really important. To get back sharing information is really important. We've got a lot to share because the Conference is now back in person. So we've had a kind of a year hiatus. Uh, we'll get back in uh, and share. Probably my favorite thing to do is just commingle at the booth. Uh, please come to our booth while we're there. We love to chat and talk to folks about why documentation is so important. And uh, I think Actis is a really special conference to be able to have folks network effectively to lead the future of what documentation is for our clinical care.
0: Right. Yeah, I appreciate that, Tim. I, I, I do recommend folks stop by your booth. Uh, always always a good, good visit there with yourself and Trey and others. Um... Yeah and and I I'll I'll just echo what you said you know the the sessions that we have are great we have a number of really good sessions lined up this year yours and others uh but a lot of the education goes on in between sessions those those conversations mm-hmm. that you have out in the hallway in the exhibit hall in the lunchroom um it's it's a great way for people to connect with uh, like-minded folks who are dealing with some of the same issues problem solve walk away with business cards and 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 uh, connections that last a lifetime so i'm really looking forward to seeing you as well tim and, and all of our exhibitors absolutely thank you very much yeah let's um let's go ahead and share our poll results with our audience again we did ask folks today how closely does your organization monitor It's external quality ratings. So things, again, like health grades, LeapFrog, U.S. News, et cetera. Um, Largest bucket here, 34%, said fairly closely, albeit second to finance or another metric. Uh, Second largest bucket, narrowly, 30%, said not sure. So maybe, you know, again, this this might point to people either not being involved in quality or maybe just not having um, transparency into how these metrics are reported out. 29% 29% just behind said very closely it is a principal emphasis only 6% said minimally and 1% said other please specify i'll i'll take a look at those other responses but any initial thoughts on the result uh, results of the poll tim
2: well i think this is where cdi should be headed i think that if we had most folks in the very closely, a principal emphasis of our CDI work, then that would make me happy, because I think that's what we're supposed to do, is accurately reflect the healthcare record, and that's the job of the CDI team. I do respect the fact that it is a business. We all know it's a business, so we have to be cognizant of the financial implications. But I think to properly specify and clarify the record is what clinical documentation integrity means, and I think that's why Actus changed the I a few years back to integrity, and I think that's what this principal emphasis of our CDI work for quality focus really that's what this means, and that's I'm really excited to see those numbers. And I think Brian, if you to put this uh, this up three or four years ago it would have been much different and i think the green bar would have been much bigger than the red bar but now we're seeing those come together which is really a positive move for our industry in my opinion
0: Hmm. yeah i appreciate that tim good stuff any comments uh dawn at all on the poll results Will we move on
1: no i'm gonna second what What uh, Dr. Brundage said, because years ago, um, it really wasn't on the radar like it needed to be. And now today, more and more CDIs are becoming more involved, be it concurrently and or a second level review team, however it works for the institution. Um, So I, I agree. I think that it's really important for us to have that in front and cognizant to get that record correct. We have to identify the query opportunities around those issues.
0: All right. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, let's take a quick hop over again to our In the News segment. In the News is a regular segment featuring the latest news and industry updates, what's going on um, in the broader CDI community. Today, actually, I wanted to, instead of sharing just a, a news story, just wanted to take a moment to plug a couple of other podcasts that I think our listeners of the Actus podcast should go ahead and check out. Um, you know, podcasts are a really popular medium these days for for getting different perspectives, sharing information, uh, learning more about your field, but really just having frank and open conversations that sometimes don't mesh well with, you know, formal webinars or even, even formal conference conversations. Really like the, op- I've always said that we have so many members, they all have a different story. That's one of the reasons why we started the Actus podcast, was to get more voices from the community out there in front of a bigger audience. Um, so one of the podcasts that I would recommend you guys check out, uh, our former Actus bootcamp instructor, Alan Frady, he was with us for a few years. He's since moved uh, back into the consulting arm of CDI, but he's the host of a program called Coder vs. CDI, which if you haven't yet listened to that, you should. Um, Alan was always very smart, funny. He does a nice job of taking a nuanced look, in particular, at some of the the clinical and coding issues that CDI specialists encounter. He has a a co-host with him, Amy Rector, that that serves as a counterpoint. Really fun program. Um, And Alan's show has been a springboard for me. I've, I've since discovered, uh, Vizient has a modern practice podcast, you know, Enjoin has a break room, Coro Health has uh, a coffee with Coro that I've been on. There's a lot of great programs out there. So I recommend go ahead and checking those out. You know, one easy way to do it is just to drop it in Google or to go into your favorite podcast app. I use, um, apple podcasts and and um, search around for cdi you will you will find these programs search for value based purchasing search for documentation you will you will find other shows besides the actus podcast so I wanted to just spread the love a little bit here and uh, mention a few of those shows Tim are there any any programs that you'd recommend even if not podcasts you know sort of when you want to um Stay sharp, and in your spare time, maybe when you're not consulting, teaching, you're you're very busy. But what, anything that you recommend for an educational resource, or or just a, um, informational, fun type type of a, a resource?
2: Well, I have really enjoyed the American College of Physician Advisors, Brian. That's been an organization that, uh, as a physician, I've been involved in. But you do not need to be a physician to be involved in it. And I find that that's a group of like-minded professionals who are working in the revenue cycle space. And it's a great organization. Um, I, I have enjoyed my membership in the ACPA, much like I've enjoyed my membership in Actis. I think they're very much very valuable uh, for education and networking and keeping up with uh, what's going on in the industry.
0: Cool. ACPA. Yeah, they're they're friends of ours. Absolutely would recommend them. Don, anything yep. you'd recommend or...
1: Well, I I go down a little bit of a different rabbit hole. I like to go into the medical journals like the NEJM, JAMA. Uh, I like to do a lot of my own research on things. I use up to date quite a bit. So that's getting away from podcasts and more into the actual books. But the NEJM, when you subscribe to them, what I like about them is they give you clinical scenarios. So it kind of keeps your skills sharp. You have to have those critical thinking skills. And although we don't diagnose a CDI specialist, we have to know enough to be able to pull out the clinical indications in the medical record to ask the right questions, and I find that that has been um, a really fun exercise to do as well.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Dawn. You're welcome. Wrap it up quickly here with an Actus update. and Actus update is our regular segment featuring the latest news on what's going on inside of Actus, and I'm pointing you right now to my to the Actus home screen where we have up our 2021 actus cdi salary survey this is open through the end of the month october 31st but because we're at the conference next week probably the last time i'll be able to mention this um this is um a survey we encourage all of our members to take even if you're not a member you can take it the individual results are anonymized so we don't ask for your name and your 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 answers are just grouped in with our other um our other salary survey takers and we share that data with our membership we'll be sharing that early next year this is how we track salaries um, promotional opportunities different jobs that are emerging in the industry really important stuff gives people a snapshot we've had many cdi directors and managers use this information to um to set salaries frankly and, and make sure that they're aligned with other organizations so that they can stay competitive cdi obviously is a is an in-demand profession and it helps to have this type of survey data transparent for the entire industry and we're we're pleased once again to host this survey it is fairly lengthy but it should only take about six or eight minutes of your time we recommend you go ahead and and take that survey on actus.org uh, lastly, it you know it, it goes without saying. I'll say it again. You guys are probably tired of hearing me, of hearing me say this, but I'm thrilled to be headed to Dallas for the Actus National Conference next week. If you're going, I'll be there. Um, we, we will have masks on, but I think you'll probably recognize me. I'm kind of tall, large, uh, balding. Um, <laughs> I'll be walking the halls, attending sessions. I'll be seeing all the acquaintances like Tim and, and many of our other friends out there. You know it's been 20 months of pandemic event forced uh pandemic forced event cancellations it's been two and a half years since our last conference it was 2019 and you know i'm glad and to be getting back out for a live audience uh once with our members once again i know this this was a trying year they it's been 20 months of trying times for us, but we're, we're thrilled to be back in person again. So please come up and say hi to myself. Don will be there, Laurie Prescott, all your Actus friends will be there. Uh, unfortunately, my colleague, Melissa Varnavis cannot attend this year. But most of the Actus crew will be there. Come up and say hi. Okay. That is going to do it for today's edition of the Actus podcast. Uh, we'll be back here again in three weeks. We're taking a little break right around a regular cadence due to the conference, but three weeks from now, Wednesday, November 10th, we'll be back for staffing and hiring, current landscape. We're looking at a couple organizations that have been hiring, um, how they made the case to get these hires, what type of positions they're looking for, what skills. Uh, It's a pretty exciting landscape right now. CDI is bouncing back and we're pleased to host a couple of organizations that have been able to make some headway there. So we'll see you back here again in 3 weeks. For everyone else, I hope to see you next week at the Actus conference. Thank again, thanks again Tim for joining us and we will see you back here again in 3 weeks. Take care everyone.